The Father wants to heal our wounds. He wants to train us to overcome sin. He wants to transform our character so we become mature sons and daughters to look like Jesus. In other words, in the New Covenant, discipline is focused on benefiting the person who has made the mess. While we were yet sinners, while we were creating messes, what's the next part of the verse say? Christ died for us. Christ died for us for our benefit. And now he says, you have a big mess there. And I took the punishment for your mess. Now I'm going to help you with discipline, not punishment. Because I took the punishment already. But I'm going to help you with discipline and guardrails so that you can clean up the mess. In fact, I'm going to even help you clean up the mess you made. But what's going to happen in the process are there going to be times, just like these little turtles going the wrong direction, I'm going to pick you up and say, excuse me, you're going the wrong way, and turn you around so you go back the other direction. Sometimes that hurts like heck. Sometimes that's painful. None of us like to be told you are going the wrong direction, especially men. None of us like to have our wives ask if we've looked at a map or why don't you pull out the GPS. None of us like to be told we're going the wrong way. And let's face it, ladies, you don't like to be told that either. We just get a little more intense about it. But that's the reality of what discipline is for. It's not to harm us. It's always out of a heart of love and a desire for intimate connection with us. So we're supposed to be growing. So let's think about some areas we're supposed to be growing in. We're supposed to be growing in faith. I'll tell you what, this whole classist thing has tested my faith. Do I have more faith than I had before? I hope so. We're supposed to be growing in forgiveness. Do you still get frustrated with the neighbor that you've had for 10 years just like you did 10 years ago? Or can you forgive them? We're supposed to be growing in wisdom. We're supposed to be living with less anxiety and less fear. We're supposed to be growing in our relationships and our connection. We're supposed to have more of a servant's heart because that's the model that Jesus set for us. Jesus talked about, He, he told people all the time as you recorded in the Gospels to pick up your cross and follow Me. But nobody could successfully do that because Jesus had the model for them what to do but we're on the other side of the cross. And he's, he's modeled for us carrying the cross for the joy set before Him. So now He says to us, pick up your cross. Pick up your cross and help and start cleaning up your mess. But in the midst of it, we'll have fun in the process. Problem is, for us, sometimes it doesn't seem like a lot of fun. But here's what is revealed in this passage. Just a few highlights. Because of his discipline, his guardrails, his maneuvering us in the right direction, one thing he says is that we get to share in his holiness. We get to share in God's wholeness. God, the creator of the universe, 
is the, the most whole being in all of the universe. And because of, because of Him intervening in our lives, He says, here, let me share in everything being made whole. You can't do it by yourself, so I'll, I'll share my piece of the pie with you. We get to share in His holiness. In this passage, He talks about the need to avoid bitterness. And so He says, out of discipline, when you have a bitter heart towards someone, I'm going to help you figure out how to work this out. What do we get in exchange for bitterness? We get joy. We end up finding out that we can be friends with someone that yesterday was an enemy. And all of us have experienced that at one time or another. We get to enjoy connection. There's nothing greater than the security of knowing that if I die when I walk out the back door this morning, I know I'm connected to the Father. And it's not just when I die, but I live with that sense of connection all of the time. No one can snatch me out of the Father's hand. You can say whatever you want to to me. You can gossip about me. You can say how despicable you think I am. But it doesn't matter if what you say doesn't line up with what the Father says about me. So it doesn't really matter. Because my security is first rooted in what He says about me and what I know about Him. It produces righteousness and peace which is about integrity and fidelity. And in this passage, he talks about us being well-trained, which means we don't walk around like orphans, like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But we're well-trained as secure sons and daughters that say, I know what I need to do in this situation. I've got the necessary faith that's, that's required to get through this situation. So let me highlight a few more things in these verses. If we could put the verses back up, I want to look at verse 3. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. The word consider means, it's kind of like, remember the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
I, I, I am so tired of this. God doesn't go, oh no, the universe is about to spin out of control. He expects us to be tired. He knows that this journey, because of, because of what sin brought into the world, He knows that it's a difficult, hard journey. And so He says, consider Him. Consider my Son what He did. So when you get tired and when you get faint-hearted and you want to give up and the weariness of sin enters into your, into your life and into the picture, lean into Him. Depend on Him and the power of the Holy Spirit to help you through the time that you're weary. And I guarantee, I'm pretty, I, I mean, I, I, I know that in this season, if there hasn't been any season that makes you weary, this one does. This one has. Verses 4-6. through six. In your struggle against sin, you've not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Have you forgotten the exhortation? The exhortation is the word paraclesis, which is where we get the word paraclete. And so the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and says, come on, you can do it. You can do it. And the exhortation is he addresses you as sons and daughters. My son, don't lightly regard the discipline, which is the word paideia. It's not the word that could be used for punishment. It's not the Lord comes along and goes as hard as he can on you. But like you would do with your young son or daughter, is gently directing them in the right direction. It's the picture of, you remember, you know, those of you that trained your kids to ride a bike. You remember this? And then finally, you know, you let go and they go riding off. And you don't go, they don't need me anymore. What you do instead is you celebrate because of what happened. And what this is, this picture is, is it's celebration. It's the, it's, it's the Father is, is celebrating what you and I enjoy more than we are. I was telling the worship team when we were praying together this morning, In November, November 14th, when the minister pronounces Stephanie, Stephanie and Stephen husband and wife, you'll have to outshout me because of the celebration. Not because Maggie's leaving Steph, but. <laughs> she's. Give me a snarky smile. I can tell. <laughs> Even beyond the mask, I can tell. Here's the thing. Even telling you now, I, I can feel the emotion well up. Because there won't be any... You guys will have to push me out of the way to be the one that celebrates the joy of what God is doing in their life. That is a small fraction of what the Father in Heaven is doing for you and I when He sees us walking in His pathway and we enjoy sharing His holiness and the benefit of being sons and daughters. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing when you think about it? 
And so, I've got a, a whole lot more, but verse 10 says, For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. Our fathers, that is. But He disciplines us for our good that we may share His holiness. To share in His wholeness. And that means we get the privilege to see the larger picture from heaven's perspective. It's kind of like standing above the Grand Canyon and seeing things differently. It's like being in a plane and flying over on a very clear day and seeing. I mean, when you fly into New York and you see the way things are laid out, Long Island and all of that, it's like, wow. And every once in a while, isn't it great when the Lord kind of lifts you out of the stuff of life and you get a chance to see the bigger picture? Every once in a while, my dreams... I think of here and all of you and the labor that we've put in the last years and uh, times where it's, we've made progress, times where it's been hard and it's, we've been discouraged. But every once in a while I get this bigger picture and I picture this auditorium, this sanctuary filled with 200 people all the way to the back and celebration happening. And another campus being planted out of this campus. Um, every once in a while, God gives me a chance to have the bigger picture. And that's what helps me keep going. And verse 11, he says, For the moment of all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That means things that are integrated things that are going in the right direction i have this issue on one side of my back where some mornings i wake up and i'm walking around and you know my daughter and wife both go you're not looking too good this morning and it's not very righteous until i have a good walk and then i'm fine and that's what the lord does and he disciplines us and he says hey, you know let me when we were in grand rapids this summer I was in really bad shape after sitting in the plane and and I could man I could hardly straighten up and Aaron gave me a coupon to go to a chiropractor. He was the best chiropractor I've ever gone to. I mean he stretched my neck and popped my ankles and I walked out of there and I was like but it hurt when he did it. It hurt when he did it. But the pain felt really good in the end. And so, you know, the Lord gave us this, and in a few weeks, a few weeks, we're going to start a series on the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, but let me just read through those, and I'll bring this to a close, because I'm going to save the next part of this passage for next week. In fact, VJ and I are talking about doing a team, che team teaching thing together, so that'll be fun. Um, but let me just remind you of these. I didn't include them to put on the screen, but just listen. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed 
are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We have a choice of following Jesus for the joy that was set before him. Oh, boy. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Or we get that. The joy of following him or the regret that happens when we decide to follow the wrong lights, the wrong direction. So I just want to remind you this morning of how much he loves you how much he delights in watching you grow, how much he delights in you enjoying good things, and even in seasons of sorrow and pain, because we live in a broken world and we don't completely understand the mystery of all that we have to go through, he walks alongside of us just like we walk alongside of our kids when they're going through difficulties. He is always with us as he promised He would be with us always to the end of the earth. Let's stand together. Get ready to worship one more time. Sing together one more time. But Father, we just thank you for loving us. For shaping us. And I know it's not your intention to cause us pain, but sometimes because of our own rebellion, it feels like pain. And so, Lord, we surrender to you once again and help us to be pleasing to you. Help us to love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And help us, Lord, to to please you by loving others like we love ourselves. In your name we pray. Amen. just want to invite you to hold out your hands as I read this passage, the benediction at the end of Hebrews which is so appropriate as we study Hebrews 12. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, may he equip you with every good, everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And Lord, I just ask that that you would turn your face toward us and give us your grace. That we'd be able to experience the light of your countenance as a loving Father. And all through this week, Lord, help us to experience your peace until we come back again. We ask in your name. Amen.